or electronic device with your Bible. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's so good to see you. Um, I'm going to have some fun today. The, uh, I've got the uh, title graphic up on the screen for you. Uh, love the guy's face. <laughs> Don't believe it. Um, kind of forgive me for the rest of it. The subtitle, Dumb Things That Smart People Believe. Um, I don't mean to be, yeah, I do, yeah, I do, yeah, <laughs> dumb things that smart people believe. Some people believe some crazy things, don't they? It's amazing, it's amazing, the misinformation that people receive spiritually in their lives. In this series, we're going to look at some of those common faith myths that are out there, uh, five of them to be, or six of them to be exact, and uh, we'll go over those in a, in a couple minutes. But I think it's going to be really powerful for you. Um, and, and I think it's going to help you with your walk with God. I think it's going to make you more like Jesus. And I think it's going to mature you and help you live out God's principles in your life in a better way. It's going to help you give better advice. A lot of people experience unnecessary heartache because the advice they've been given spiritually was wrong. And so they live in a tremendous guilt state that they don't need to live in. God never intended for us to live there. And so I'm hoping to help you with that. Um, our memory verse, we uh, looked at it earlier, and we need to look at it again. In Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, it's there on your uh, handout. So be sure and get that in front of you, because there's going to be some good fill-ins for you to do. And... Uh, Somebody asked me one time, said, why do you give us these things? I don't even fill them in. Well, it's, it's your loss. You remember 85% more things by writing them down. So that's why I put it in there for you. If you don't want to fill it out and be stupid like you are now, we'll stay there. Okay. So it's up to you. Yeah, I got their attention. All right, good. A couple of you anyway. So, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God do what? Transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Then you will know what God wants you to do. And you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. Trans, two words there. Transform and think. Wow. Wow. Those are powerful. Look at the third sentence or the third line down. I want you to underline in your Bible, changing the way you think. Now, yours may not say it exactly that way, but something similar to it. But change the way you think. God wants you to change the way you think about 
some myths in Scripture. Over the years, people have bought into some pretty silly things, haven't they? They really have. Not just in the area of Christianity, but in the world in general. I've got a few on the, on the screen I want to show you. The first one is, things. this is something we used to believe. In the third century, we thought the world was flat. Now, they disproved that because sailors would go out, they would survive, and they would come back home. So they found out that it's not flat, that you didn't fall off the edge. But they used to. They learned that the, that the world is, is not that way. Another one. This one I thought was interesting. Taking baths is bad for you. Trust me. They're not bad. If you've ever been to a 5th and 6th grade camp, summer camp, trust me, baths are good. If you've ever been to a junior high camp, they're even more good. The last time I was at a 5th and 6th grade camp, there was a little boy there and I thought he was a heavy set boy, but come to find out, all the clothes that he brought, he was wearing. Layers of them. Five pair of underwear, five pair of jeans, five, pair, five shirts, five pairs of socks. The kid was almost dehydrated out at Sunset Bible Camp in the heat of the summer. And so we asked him, Why are you doing this? I don't want anybody to steal my clothes. I said, trust me, my friend, they're not going to steal those clothes. So we washed them and got him all situated. But my goodness. Then about Wednesday, he said, man, I'm having a great time. I said, I bet you are. Another one in the Middle Ages. Sneezing causes you to lose part of your soul. Actually believe that. Some of you may really understand that with some of the sneezes that you do. But what do we say when somebody sneezes normally? And that was the phrase that was adopted when sneezing was happening back in that century because the idea was, God bless you real fast to push the soul back in. <laughs> What's your sneezing out? Another one. That the sun revolved around the earth. Yeah. For most people, they believe the whole thing operates and revolves around them. <laughs> but the sun doesn't rotate around the earth. The earth rotates around the sun. Come on, people. And Muhammad created that, by the way. I'm sure that's going to be the next thing we learn in our textbooks is that Islam created the universe I'm sure that will be the next thing we learn another myth by the way and then this last, this last one I just love this one leeches have healing power right now, if you were sick back in the day they'd put leeches all over you to suck whatever's in you out and those little leeches they, they were little but boy they grew didn't they Sucking your blood out of your body. They'd put them all over. Now, I don't know about you, but 
I don't want a little bloodsucker hooked onto me. I mean, just think about it. So see, there's, there's some weird things that we've thought over the years and believed. And that comes into the church too. It comes into the church too. So we're going to look at some of those. And uh, uh, today, uh, in fact, let me, let me go over those with you real quick, the, the, the six. We're going to look at uh, God has a blueprint for your life today. Uh, my son Jeff will be preaching next week on let your conscience be your guide. Uh, Cindy and I will be away for her birthday's Valentine's Day, by the way. So it's easy for me, and I appreciate her having being born on Valentine's Day. But I, it's like being born on Christmas. She can't get just one gift. You know, she's got to have, she told me three things. All I remember is diamonds and chocolate. Now, there's a third one, but I can't remember what it is. She's, what is it? I said diamonds and chocolate. Oh, and more diamonds. Well, I've gone with the more chocolate, not, not the more diamonds. I should not bring up anything to you people. So anyway, we'll, we'll be out of town next weekend. Fine jewelry, that's it. Thank you. My son remembered. That's good. Never. It doesn't matter if you practice, as long as you know what you're supposed to do. Okay, we're going to move right on. Uh, the third... Then the following week, God, a godly home guarantees godly children. Okay, next three. I hope. There they are. Oh. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. Another myth, faith can fix anything. And then the last one, forgiving means forgetting. I'm ready for that one. That's, that's going to be a good one. So those, that's what we're going to look, like, look at over the next uh, six weeks and uh, uh, want you to be prepared for that. But today we're going to look at number one, don't believe, don't believe it, that God has a blueprint for your life. People still teach that, that God has a blueprint. And that's really the key word in this, in this sentence is blueprint. Because a blueprint is a very specific set of instructions. If you look in architecture or engineering, they work off blueprints. And those blueprints are important because they tell you exactly how something is to be constructed and made so that it comes out and looks in the end result what the picture looks like. I tried to get a, a blueprint picture of a 747, but I couldn't get it to fit on the screen. <laughs> but a 747 is a big airplane. And it's got a lot of moving parts in it. But if they don't build that plane according to the blueprint, it may not fly. But how many times do we get in a car and take for granted that it starts, take for granted that it'll go into a gear, and take for granted that it'll take off? And it'll stop. Leah got to experience this morning someone impaired with alcohol who bumped into her on her way to church. That's after he'd run off the road once and come back on the road, and then they're at a red light, and he thought it was a different color, and so boom. So the police told her, said, well, at least you'll have a place to sleep it off tonight, as they took him to jail. And they should keep him there for a number of days and put him in that one holding tank where all of them go that are just like him. And there's, it's a concrete floor with a drain in the middle. 
And it drains down to the concrete floor. And it's a wonderful place to go visit. Just the smell and aroma alone will just amplify your appetite for alcohol. A blueprint makes (laughs) for a machine or anything else in your life specific things have to follow the blueprint or it's not going to happen. But there's a lot of areas in our lives where we don't need a blueprint. You really don't need it, especially in your developing your walk with God. Because a blueprint will take the place of free will. God gives each of us free will. If God has this specific detail in your life to do at 11 o'clock, then you do this at 11.30, then you do this at 11.45, it's really taking away all your free will. Also, there are some dangers in this blueprint thinking. There's a little bit... It's a little bit tough to jot down, but I've given you some, and we're going to get into the outline now. So I want to give you some dangers of blueprint thinking. First, I'm paralyzed by perfection. I'm paralyzed by perfection. If you believe there's only one right choice for every area of your life, it can paralyze you. I love my wife. I cannot think and, and even fathom someone else to be married to than her. You have no idea what she's had to endure for 38 years of her life. I snapped her up and married her when she was 19 years old. When my children said they wanted to get married, she said, they're too young. I said, well, how old were you? It was different then. She wanted them to wait till they were 39, 40. Of course, now if they have grandkids, you know, okay. But I can't fathom that. But to believe that God couldn't provide for me in the event that she should die, another wife is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Because God wants me and to have the best of me. And I will need one. I will need a wife. Just ask her. <laughs> There's days when I get ready to leave the house and, and she doesn't say anything, but it's that look. Any of you guys know what I'm talking about? You have obviously put on something wrong or your hair is not just right. But it's that look. Any of you? Is it, or is it just me? Oh, okay. Good. So blueprint thinking can, can, can cause paralysis. I mean, if you're, gonna, if you're hungry, you, you want God to say, okay, I want you to have PB&J instead of BLT. Okay, I want you to have Ron's instead of Mazio's. Okay, you're going to have this instead of that. Man, I love the fact that I can choose whatever I want. In fact, I might just have both. Not good for me, but I might do it. Now, I love a pizza place that offers a buffet at lunch with a salad. Oh, that's awesome. But guess what? I have them both. I go to Ron's sometimes. 
And in Ron's, he's got a special that has a burger and fries. Small, medium, or large. Too many choices. I want God to tell me this burger, that set of fries, that's it. And then across the street's McDonald's, and it's a, oh my goodness, you can order anything on that thing now. You can have breakfast all day. And then that's. So see, there's, there can be a problem. The second thing, another danger, is that we're strangled by fear. If we have blueprint thinking. And people buy into this blueprint thinking. But they're afraid that they're going to make a wrong decision. Oh my gosh, what if I do this wrong? What if I do that wrong? Oh my gosh, oh I don't know. <laughs> we have to be careful. Or do we? Should we live with total, holy abandon in the Lord? Or do we need to have this blueprint, this 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 parenthesis, God's got to do it this time, this time, this time, this time. If we don't do it this way, this way, this way, this way. Whew. David said earlier, if you grew up in the Christian church, you know that the communion is important and it's very important. But it can get mundane, routine, they say. That's, all, that's, your, that's your choice. I'm just grateful we have an opportunity every week to have communion. Love it. But you don't have to take it. it if you can come by and you can pass it on. And I know some people that do because their heart's not clean before the Lord. And that's kind of what the Bible teaches to do. And there's others that can't get enough of it. Then there's some who take it and they don't know why they're taking it. Then there's some that they say, do you leave the grape juice out? Man, this is awful strong. Then there's some that say, well, the bread is too tough and tight. I don't like this bread. So you got your Wendy and your Wendell Winers all the time about everything, anything. But God's got you got to do it this way. Leads to the third danger, and that's danger of failure. When you buy into blueprint thinking, if you make one wrong step, I grew up in the Acapella Church of Christ. I said Acapella Church of Christ because that's the way they are. They don't use these God forsaken instruments of the devil. Going to hell with all that stuff in here. I mean, that's how I was raised. I went to the Christian church and they had an organ and a piano. You know, and back then there's one on each side, they faced each other. That's how you did it. You didn't put them side by side, heaven forbid, put them on his way. And the louder the organ, the better. Gotta have an organ, can't worship without an organ. That's, you know who plays the organ now in the worship services? Black churches. Assembly of God churches. I tried to give ours away because nobody plays it. I can't give it away. Nobody wants it. So we use it to hold up our speaker. <laughs> there you go. It's awesome. I got to stand like this side, but don't need it because I got an organ. <laughs> I'm sitting on an organ. Well, we can't do that. How, how shameful is that? Put a speaker on top of the organ. Fear of failure. One mistake. So I was taught when I was growing up that if you ever divorce your wife, you're going to hell. Period. That's it. Over. Done. Wow. Where in the Bible was that the unforgivable sin? Wow. I didn't get that. I didn't, I didn't find that verse. Because you see, when I had an older brother who married a divorced woman, 
I had to go back in Scripture and try to clean my thought process up. See, I used to go to high school with a Baptist guy. He was going to hell because he's Baptist. And I used to tell him that every day. I said, you've never been baptized. He said, I have too. I said, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Because he didn't get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of his sins. He got baptized to join the church. So he's going to hell. Right? Blueprint thinking. I... We get immobilized by choice. Get immobilized by choice is the last one. I'm, I'm immobilized by choice. I, I don't know what to do. Should I do this? Should I do that? Do I raise my hands? Don't raise my hands. Do I go halfway? Do I wave back and forth? Do I just go with one hand? You've seen Tim Hawkins, Christian comedian. He's talked about ways we worship. You know, he, he describes it. I don't have, one of them is like, uh, you know, cleaning, cleaning the windows. You know, and then you move your hands, you know, like a big screen TV. It's just funny. But blueprint thinking can get in our way. But I want, here's what I want you to believe. Do believe this. Do believe this. Do, don't believe that God has a blueprint, but do believe that God has a game plan. God has a game plan for your life. Now, a game plan is very different than a blueprint. It, it's, it's kind of a big picture kind of way. It's different. You see, God's game plan for your life is the direction you would choose if you could see life from God's perspective. You don't have to be paralyzed by God's game plan. You don't have to be afraid of God's game plan. God's game plan is God's best plan for your life. When Cindy and I moved here 22 years ago, she said, I will always follow you wherever you believe the Lord's leading you as long as there's a Walmart. Well, I made the fatal mistake of taking her to a farming community in south-central Illinois. Now, it's not central, it's not south, it's south-central. Illinois people. Yuns. That's where I learned the word yuns. See, I liked y'all, but they go with yuns. What's a yun? Well, I learned what a yun was. It's a y'all, but from south-central Illinois, it's a yun. Got it. But the Walmart was 12 miles away, way too far. If you wanted a dog, vet, 12 miles away. Hospital, 12 miles away. Is there anything in this town? Vet, come once a month to the park. Take your dog down there. Or pull up a lawn chair when they do a controlled burn of a house that's abandoned. And the volunteer fire department is going to burn it to the ground while you watch. There's 150 people show up at the park to watch the house burn down. <laughs> Craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Got a call from 10 church people. Hey, preacher, what you doing? Come on down to the park. I thought, hey, got a gathering. Going to eat watermelon. No, we're going to watch the house burn down. She kept looking at me going, why do you have me here? Why do you have me here? So I was grateful there was a Walmart in Jinx when we moved here. It's not here now. 
But I guess it's okay to drive across the river and go to Walmart. You see, God can have a game plan for you. Now, one of the privileges that I've had is, is I struggle at times with God's game plan. Because I, I really want to have it the way I want to have it. I want to have the church the way I think the church should be. I want you to be different than you are. But what I've discovered is that if I was a blueprint preacher, then I would demand it from you. Because God said this, you do this, and boy, you better behave and you better get it on now. But if you're a game plan preacher like I'm trying to be, I've got to give you time to find God's plan in your life. And that takes a lot more. That's, that's a lot tougher. Because you're not coming along fast enough. We should never meet on any Sunday that every chair isn't full of people. Somebody's rear end sitting in every chair. Shouldn't be a Sunday. Would you say amen? Now, don't say it unless you really, really mean it. But would you say amen to that? Then if you mean it, get somebody and bring them with you and set them next to you. Wow. How many have we got today? Somebody had done the count yet? 69. Double it. What have we got next week? Come on, math people. 138? Oh! Well, this room won't send 138 people. Bet you it will. I'll go back up on the stage. We'll just keep moving chairs this way. Fill them up down the hallway. One on each side. Got TV monitors sitting right out there. They can watch me on, t- on the TV. And hear me okay. Could we have 200? I'm just saying double. What do we do? How many bulletins do we have to print? How much expense would we go to? Oh my goodness, communion. We'd have to add nine more trays. We already use four. We have to have eight. We don't have eight. What are we going to do? You see what I'm saying? But because I'm a game plan thinker and a game plan preacher, I've got to wait for you to find out what God's game plan is for you. And when you find out, some, some exciting things can happen. But I want to teach you three ways to find God's game plan in your life. Ready? It requires you to engage. Look at Ephesians 5.17 there in your, there in your handout. It says, don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. So number one is listen and learn to hear God's voice. Learn to hear God's voice. If God has given you a game plan, He says, here's some boundaries I want you to live within. That's what God demands of us, is to live within boundaries. But man, the boundary in between there, go get it. Go get it. Some of you remember Russell Koretz. And I've been to Seattle a couple of times to spend some time with him. What a, what a fun young man to be around. Goes 90 miles a minute. And doesn't even know where he's going half the time. But it's just fun to watch him. It's fun to watch his thought process. The guy lives in 2016 in Seattle, Washington. One of the greatest football teams of all time is working up there now. One of the great quarterbacks. It's a great team. 
And the guy doesn't even have a TV. Can you explain that to me? How can that young man not have a TV? His wife told me why. She said, because I'd start watching soap operas again, and I can't do that, Pastor. I just can't do it. So they read all the time. They're goofy people. They read all the time. They read books. Oh, my gosh. Don't ask me to read a book. I'll listen to it, but don't ask me to read one. Learn to hear God's voice. Stay within the game plan. You know, coaches call audibles. During the year when we're playing a tough team, and it's only about two or three times a year that, we, that James plays a tough team. But I've got to watch Coach Bryant every time. You know, before the game, I say, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Got a great game plan. Great game plan. Then I watch him at halftime. He didn't look the same. He didn't look the same. I say, how are we doing now? And he just raises his eyebrows and smiles funny, shakes his head. He didn't even say anything. Then after the game, after we've won, I say, how are you doing now? He goes, ha. No problem. But he had to make adjustments in the game plan. They set up a game plan. They set up, okay, the first five plays are going to be these right here. You ever wonder why a team comes out and does the same thing every time? That's the way they set their game plan up. Today, the first snap to Peyton Manning should be in his hands and not over his head. Last time they played in the Super Bowl, that was the first snap from the center was over his head. And that set it all right there. Set the precedent for the game. But how do you hear God's voice? How do you hear Him? Well, the real issue is you're just not listening. Now, when Jinx plays Union, it's loud. Students are loud. Fans are loud. It's just loud. But the coaches can be on the sideline... The ones in the booth radio down to the ones on the sideline. The ones on the sideline yell what they just said out there on the field. And when you've got all this noise going on, how in the world do those players hear that coach's voice? Because you've got an offense coach, you've got a defense coach, you've got a head coach, you've got a special teams coach, you've got, I don't know what the other coaches do, but they're out there too. And everybody's yelling. Well, how in the world does that player know which coach's voice? It's because he's tuned his ear to hear that, vo- that voice, right? He's tuned it. He knows that voice. The one that's... Wah, 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 and the veins are popping out of their neck. But how do you hear it? Because he's trained himself to hear it. How do you hear the voice of God? You train yourself to hear it. Now, let me give you another example. There's a lot of noise going on in this room this morning. You believe it? I don't hear anything except you. If I brought a radio tuner in and began to tune it, you'd begin to hear stuff. And when I hit the right frequency, we'd hear one radio station, then we could change it to another, and then we could change it to another. Because there is noise going through this room all over the place. Just going crazy in this room. But it takes the right tuner to hear the noise. I I say to you, it takes the right tuner to hear the voice of God. Are you listening? Are you listening? I can't make you, but are you listening? Look at John 10, 27 there. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And there's two things in that verse. One is, 
we all have to know Jesus. And secondly, we have to follow Jesus. God doesn't obligate himself to people who don't know him and are not following him. If you want to go follow Muhammad and follow the tenets of Islam, then you go right ahead. But don't expect God to come bail you out. You come back to God. If you want to follow your own appetites, get after it. But don't you expect God to bail you out when you're in trouble. Because you walked away from Him. He didn't walk away from you. You walked away from Him. Well, I'm not going to serve God. Oh, well, good. So when you're in hell looking up across the gulf at those in heaven, don't blame them. You get opportunities. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to listen? Are you going to hear the voice? Several ways there in your notes. primary way that God speaks is through His Bible. He speaks through the Word of God. It's right there in your notes. He speaks through the Word of God. The Bible says that you should love people in the same way that Christ loved the church. And if you don't do those two things, then don't move forward with that person and that relationship. You know, I want to be married to a godly man. Find one. Don't try to make him one. I want to be married to a godly woman. Find her. Wait for her. Don't try to make her that. Because they're not going to change, buddy. Trust me. I've spent too many hours in counseling in the last 38 years to try to get people who well, I just thought he would come around. He ain't coming nowhere. Except to the fishing hole. That's it. Now, sometimes it works. I've seen it. But percentages aren't in your favor. So you wait for that person. If they're sick and they need help, get them help. I admire a person who says, you know what, I need some help. Go get it. Go get it. I mean, you know, when, when, you, when you talk about getting married, 1 Corinthians 13 is the one everybody goes to. And that's the kind of love you're supposed to have for each other. But you might, you might say, well, I, I just don't understand the Bible. I, just, I, just don't, I don't know how to systematically get into it. You know, we've put out Bible reading plans. I've got other Bible reading plans. Whatever you want to do, I'll get it for you. Just put down somewhere. Give me a note that says, give me some Bible plans. I'll get it for you. If you've downloaded the app on your phone, the Bible app, it's got so many devotional guides. Good night. They're doing all about marriage this, this month in February. It's all about marriage. And about loving you the right way. And loving each other the right way. Goodness. But the Bible is God's primary way to speak. Secondly, God speaks to you through His Holy Spirit. He'll speak to you through the Holy Spirit. Third person of the Trinity. He speaks that way. He, he, he pleads with you. He prompts you. He, he, he steps on your toes when you start to go off track. He, he affirms when you're on the right track. And God speaks to us through prayer. You've got to get into that type of prayer, prayer language. That prayer connection. In 38 years of ministry, the, the weakest part of my ministerial career has always been my lack of depth in prayer. I thought I needed theology. I thought I had to have Bible memorized. I thought I had to tell you where it was. I had to preach it. I had to yell it. I had to scream it. I had to do it. Man, I need to be on my knees at least two hours a day. And not for you. I'm on one knee for you. Two knees for me. Because I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. That's all I got. That's all I got. God speaks through prayer. Oh my goodness. I look over these prayer requests that you turn in. Pray about them. Our prayer team prays over them. 
People, we, we care about you. We want you to grow. We want you to prosper. We want you to be filled with the Spirit. We want you to be active in the Lord. God, thirdly, God will speak through other Christians. And then God speaks to you through circumstances. Jeff will talk about that next week. Deuteronomy 13, verse 4, Serve only the Lord your God and fear Him alone. Obey His commands. Listen to His voice. You learn to hear God's voice. Number two, look daily for God's direction. Look daily for God's direction. I've noticed that even very mature Christians, even immature Christians, will look for God's direction when they're making a big decision. But you ought to be looking for His direction every day in the little things. Every day. Look at Matthew 6. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this, what? Day, our daily bread. Give us this day, our daily bread. So see, it's a daily contact. It's a walk by walk, moment by moment, minute by minute, hour by hour, devotional time with God. How are we doing with that? How are you doing with that? Day by day, moment by moment. Psalm 32, 8. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway. I will guide you along the best pathway. He will give you the right direction. He says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. God wants to advise us. God wants to give us directions But God's not an advisor. He's not a counselor. He's not a consultant that you only need when you need help. He is your daily, He gives you your daily marching orders if you'll just listen. And when you get your game plan tuned into God's game plan, whoo! I wanted to play football when I graduated from high school. I wanted to play football in college so bad, I didn't care where I went. And then one of the alumni at Baylor University said, hey, Baylor, Baylor contacted me. They want to talk to you about coming to play football for them. Man, my head swelled bigger than the state of Texas where I was. I thought, ah, finally someone noticed my spiritual, or I mean my athletic prowess. Wow, man. The only prowess I had is that I was big. And the only reason they wanted me big was so that I didn't go anywhere. They put me at the nose guard position on defense. The only job I had was to plug it up. Don't let them move you. That's what the coaches would say. You dig in, boy. You root down in there. Don't let them get you. Now now it's a much more mobile game than when I played. But man, when I heard that Baylor was coming, man, I just waited for the phone to ring. I was ready to make the, ooh, buddy, I'm heading to Waco. Here we go. They've never seen a player like this. Mm -mm, Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Phone never rang. Phone never rang. Got to be August. Phone didn't ring. Nothing. Said, I guess I better go to Bible college. I did. Haven't looked back. Because you get guys like Derek that are playing now. And big guys. Wilson Wheatley was graduated my senior year. He was six foot six. 325 pounds out of Brenham, Texas and I realized that I was going to have to play across from him no thanks 
Thank you, God, for calling me into the ministry. Amen. But people get so spazzed out about who am I going to marry, what job am I going to take, what should I major in, when should I retire. You can't retire. Where's the saying about we get to retire? You don't retire. You don't retire from your walk with God. You can't. Proverbs 2, 3, and 6, it says, Cry out for insights and understanding. Search for them as you would for lost money or hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God, for the Lord grants wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So say, God, I want Your daily direction. God, I want to hear Your voice. And then make the decision on the... You know, in number three there, to live out God's purposes on the back of that connection card. I hope you've done that. Be sure and and, and do that, that you're making the decisions in the right way. Remember, God's game plan for your life is the direction that you would choose for your life if you could see things from God's perspective. I mean, God doesn't necessarily care. He just doesn't necessarily care if you drive a green car. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if you don't have a car. He doesn't even care if your hair is gone or partially gone he doesn't care if it's blue white or green or purple and some women have it same that color all of them some guys do i noticed one of the nfl guys on the on the program last night he cut his head looked like a lego piece it looked like he had a he had a top he just grabbed hold of the middle section of his hair and hold him up and the other two pieces were i thought that's an odd looking hairstyle He was the one who got a concussion the last game he played in. <laughs> That's probably what happened. <laughs> That's how his hair ended up after the concussion. <clears throat> but you know, there's a lot of freedom inside God's will. Look at Matthew 22:37. You must love the Lord your God. Underline love the Lord. Because that's one of the boundaries. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. He says this is the first and the greatest commandment. So one of the boundaries is to love the Lord your God. It's, it's, it's love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. A secondly, equally as important, he says, is love your neighbor. So go ahead and underline that. Love your neighbor. So there's your boundaries. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbors. How those two manifest themselves, how those two fit together, that's in the game plan. You've got to find the game plan. You've got to live out God's game plan. Don't get tripped up with blueprint thinking. Find the game plan that God wants you to be in. So, there's a big idea that goes along with God's game plan. God's will is not something to be found, but it is someone to become. It's not something to be found, but it's someone to become. When you become more like Jesus, then you're going to be in God's game plan. Be more like Christ. Begin to live that way. And God's going to do great things for you. In Ephesians 4.15 it says, God wants us to what? What does it say up there? Grow up. He wants us to grow up. Quit sitting around on your rear end. Quit, quit making excuses for why you can't. And start to do. Start to do. Well, I haven't read a Bible in 20 years. Pick it up. But get one you can understand. My goodness, get one you can understand. I just don't understand the King James. Good. Go get another one. Well, how do I know if that's theologically correct? We'll work on that part. I just want you to get in and start reading it. Please. Please. Now turn to your neighbor and say, grow up. You've got to look to see what the Bible says. You've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. 
You've got to pray about it. You've got to ask other mature Christians and see if God's got in you through circumstances. Because all that's important. But at the end of the day, loving people and loving God, that, that's it. Love people and love God. Love people and love God. And do it the right way. Do it the right way. Our verse in Romans 12 too. Key verse today. Give your life to the Lord and it's going to help you. It's going to help you. Okay? And there's a lot of freedom in believing and living uh, God's game plan. It'll be, it'll be awesome for you. Okay? Because God wants to give you wisdom in, in every possible way. Did I give you all three of them? All right. I can't remember. I'm, just, I'm skimming through some things. All right, let's pray. Father, I've rambled on and on today. But I know you can take my rambling and make sense in the hearts of your believers here through your Holy Spirit. So I'm praying that you'll do that today. Father, I also pray that there might be someone in this room today that would be honest with themselves and say, you know, I haven't been walking the walk I need to walk. I haven't been living the way I should. I've been discouraged. I've thought that blueprint thinking is the way to go. That, you're, that you've got all my life just mapped out time, 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 this, 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 this. But God, you, you've given me free will. When I love you and I love people, how I get there is based on what I'm hearing from you. See, sometimes you might be telling me to go work with the homeless. Sometimes you might be telling me to go work with kids. Sometimes you might be telling me to go to Costa Rica. Sometimes you might be telling me that I just need to make a deeper friendship with the coworker I have because they need to know you. You see, God, if we're following your game plan, as coaches do in a football game, they make adjustments. There's times when you'll make an adjustment in our life, especially when we're tuned into you. So, God, would you bless those here today? There's a decision to be made. Would they make it? In Jesus' name, amen.